right, friends, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 562, and we're recording on March the 29th. Yes, it is almost the end of another month, and uh, spring is upon us. Uh, Brianna, how are you? Hanging in there. It's, it's like just such a busy time of year, you know? Everything's yeah. changing, and then I can't keep up because one moment it's like blurry snow and the next moment it's hot and sunny. My kids are in shorts and a t-shirt. I, you know, it's just like my, my body temperature is confused. My mind is confused. Like what's going on. I don't know. That's how I feel soon. It will be. Yeah. That's that's spring in the, uh, in the East coast, right? Um, same up here in Toronto. It's, it's, we had a bit of snow yesterday in the morning and today it's like warm and sunshine and there's nothing around tomorrow's supposed to be really warm i don't know it's just and then it'll be back it's just up and down right that time yeah yeah so and all right well um let's jump right into it um so we've got four stories today some interesting things uh, a little different than normal so i'll let you kick it off all right well Many of us watched the Oscars um, Sunday night, and there were some exciting highlights beyond Will Smith uh, slapping that Chris Tucker. And um, yeah, so it was a big moment uh, for the deaf and hard of hearing community with CODA uh, taking home some big wins. Um, they took home Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actor, in which uh, Troy Coetzer made history as only the second person um deaf actor to take home an academy award so all of that was really fun i was i was able to watch it my brother was here visiting for the evening we're watching it together but what was really cool is that snap um their deaf and hard of hearing internal employee um group partnered with sign all and sign all i had not heard of them before but they are a group of developers and designers and they create these immersive ar finger spelling filters um, and they, you know, are helping connect deaf and hearing impaired users. So Snap aired a spot in support of the 400 million plus people around the world who are deaf and hard of hearing. And the commercial showed this um, array of, of different people that, you know, identify in, in that community. And they used American Sign Language or ASL to spell out congrats um, on their screen. So they, they use Snap's finger spelling AR tools which was really cool. And this was Snap's first ever Oscar ad or yeah, I'm remembering my, my uh, sign language. So it was really cool. You know, I had this, um, this like moment with me and my brother were watching this and I was like, this is so cool. We were thinking back to when we were growing up and my mom always used to sing in church. And when she would sing, she would do sign language as well. And we didn't have anyone in our near, you know, family or friend community that was deaf or hearing impaired, but we always just thought it was cool. And she taught us the alphabet. So we were like going through remembering, you know, A, B, C, D, like all of our signs. And it was really cool. Um, and just seeing, you know, it was a very like emotional time seeing this, um, you know, the nominee and winning the prize and everything. But obviously this campaign was inspired by the two Oscar nominated pictures, obviously Coda, which won. And then there was another Netflix picture, um, that is called Audible and it was like nominated for best documentary and it was uh, about Maryland School for the Deaf. But, you know, I love this because they brought together machine learning, computer vision, natural language processing algorithms, all these like really cool things with their lenses, with SNAP's lenses. And, and they had, you know, the, the um, equipped it with the hand tracking technology 
And, you know, this is not only, I think, allowing uh, the, the deaf and hearing impaired community to be part of SNAP, but it's also helping those who just, um, you know, want to learn or want to connect with those people as friends, you know, and using um, ASL. So many of us didn't grow up or know that, but we have the ability to kind of connect with those people. And I love how they they brought all of that together. It was really, really cool. So I love the purpose and I also love the technology behind it. So this was like a fun story for me and um, I'm glad we got to share it today. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't have a lot more to add to it other than this is super cool. It's super uh, amazing that they're taking all these different technologies. I love, especially the sort of the gesture based aspects of this, um, kind of pulling that in, you know, an AI kind of all combining together to make this happen with their lenses. I like that they're going after this, not just for that community, but also for the general, um, you know, sort of population to help them understand, you know, and learn ASL as well. I think, you know, the more people that, you know, are investing in trying to understand others outside of their own, you know, uh, communities, the better. Um, you know, I, I was reading in the article, um, SNAP's got uh, in their mission statement, their broader mission statement, that their one of their goals is to scale empathy through education. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. That's like, that's a really amazing statement um, to scale empathy. I mean, I don't know how many companies have that as part of, you know, their mission statement, but that's really, really interesting um, and hit home with me. And, and I think, I think it, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's a lot of wins here, right? Yeah, yes, you know, Coda, you know, wins wins those Oscars, but it, but I think it, it's also to like, um, you know, the fact that the streaming services are 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 you know really starting to make a name for themselves. I mean, that's obviously produced by Apple TV, and um, you know, to see a, a streaming service, you know, sort of win a Best Picture, you know, Oscar over a traditional uh, studio, I think that is is also a statement. And to do it in a way with a film uh, that really targets uh, and highlights, you know, an audience in our in our broader community that you know um, you know needs more attention, right? And and I think the more we can, you know, sort of be one and inclusivity and all of that, the better. And and I think if technology can uh, enable that to happen faster, better um you know and and pull people together then then why not so i love that snaps kind of behind this and i love that mission statement so uh it's pretty cool all right uh on to our second story now completely different uh no not not about empathy here maybe maybe for some of the workers uh but uh here we're talking about instacart um has partnered with one of our lbma members uh which is called orient and that's spelled o-r-i-i double i there e-n-t um and they're based in uh in israel uh and and focused on the indoor gps indoor location uh, technology space so instacart uh obviously is you know well known in the grocery delivery space uh doing a lot of work uh, with a lot of retailers uh in that category but you know all those people that have to go and pick and pack and 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 you know sort of do that in those stores uh, and get the orders together and get them out on time and you know making sure that delivery times are met and all of that um, you know is is a challenge right and so what's happening here is within the Instacart app they've now integrated Orient's indoor GPS tech so that it's quicker and easier to find all the items on the list within the store. So this is indoor navigation within the store to know exactly where, you know, certain products are 
um, and and it's all baked directly into the um, into the Instacart app for those users. It's available in hundreds of stores, um, and it's got stored layouts. It's got you know inventory. It's got all that sort of stuff tied in there, uh, and it remembers you know where things you know are um, you know as as it gets used as well. So it doesn't have to kind of you know go and figure that out every time, um, and you know is bringing them to the precise place and shelf you know where where that product is available. So you know, to me, this is about efficiencies. It's about, you know, getting those orders, you know, picked and packed and out and delivered on time um, and making the lives easier for, you know, those workers uh, that have to do that. So I kind of like it. I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, what are your thoughts? No, I think this is great. And I think this is great use of the location and indoor location, not only for Instacart shoppers, but I could also see this just as a shopper in any store and if it is something that would be available via something that you perhaps typically use maybe through a different method even though maybe you're not an instacart shopper um, in terms of like you're the buyer and the delivery um instacart person i think it's great like we all have a hard time navigating the stores that we don't go to often or are new and you know i think that when you're trying to get um, a bunch of different items in a in a hurry. It's like hard to find certain things sometimes, and the way that different grocers categorize them is very very different. And um, obviously, with Instacart working with so many different supermarkets and grocers, it's really important that they are able to find um, what's what. So I think it's a great application of this technology. And I think um, you know we have traditionally seen this be direct to consumer, and the fact that this is, or it's been more in like manufacturing, right? So I like that this technology is more for an employee play here um, for for more of the um, gig gig economy. It's really cool. Yeah, I, th I think it's it, it's really cool. Um, and as you pointed out, the consumer play, you know, that's been around for a little while. You know, even companies like Al Four One One and others. You know, we're in that space, not just in grocery. I know they worked with Toys R Us back in the day and Home Depot and, you know, indoor navigation and some of those types of, uh, of retailers. But I think focusing on the workers and, you know, efficiencies there is interesting. The quick little sidebar story in a completely different uh, announcement. I saw Instacart earlier this week uh, announced um, something called Instacart Platform, which is essentially they're opening up all of their tech like and their, and their data to retailers to use, uh, to optimize their own uh, digital properties and retail operations. So like their e-commerce platform, their fulfillment platform, you know, kind of like what we had talked about a little while ago with what Amazon was starting to do with some of their uh, merchants. Um, you know, Insta Instacart's also now kind of doing that and providing more insights from their data side and, you know, in-store, um, you know, sort of experiential offerings. So perhaps, you know, this indoor GPS piece from Orient will also be offered, you know, to your point, directly to some of the retailers through Instacart platform as well, uh, that they can use on their own in a consumer play. So very cool. You never know. Yeah. Well, staying on the uh, location technology trend, um, we're seeing Philadelphia's transportation department. Um, they're using location data now for real-time bus arrival information, and they're incorporating this in a way that's uh, tied to digital out of home, if you will. So um, basically, we're seeing like this real-time information that's appearing on these big screens at bus stops that we've seen all around Philadelphia, and it will give you a better estimate on how long it's going, you know, to be for your bus to arrive. So. 
the displays are using the SEPTA location data, but the boards are actually run um, out of the city's Office of Transportation Infrastructure and Sustainability, or ODIS. And they're working through a, an ad tech platform called Intersection, and they manage display on the, the bus shelters throughout Philadelphia. So there's about 60 bus shelters that's going to be showing real-time information uh, by the spring, they're saying. And, you know, they're showing that it will it'll show like the next eight vehicles that will be arriving, you know, uh, how many minutes away it is, what's the bus route, you know, whether it's running on time. Um, typical things that I think you see a lot of times through like the train app or whatever you might be using, but it's right there on the display, which is really nice. Uh, obviously, this is not new technology or new um, incorporation, but, uh, you know, it's already part of like the mainstay of the bus the bus systems in a lot of other major cities. I think they've been active here in New York since 2007 and Seattle uh, started the bus displays back in 2015. Um, and the company that they're working with Intersection is based here in New York and it's actually formed from the merging of Titan Advertising and then a tech design firm that's called Control Group. So they, they have this agreement with the city of Philadelphia. It's a 20 year contract. Um, and they're going to replace about 300 of these city existing, the existing um, shelter technology and signs and putting in new ones. And the contract will give, you know, the, the city is guaranteeing them at least 52 million in ad revenue over the lifetime of the deal, which is obviously um, a hefty chunk of change. And I think that this was really interesting to me as I think about, you know, Samsung ads getting into digital out of home and, and you know, just all the other players that are starting to kind of embrace digital out of home as part of what they do. Whereas we've had some players like Clear Channel Outdoor who have been doing out of home for a very long time, kind of that took that as the first step and then pouring into the digital piece. So it's interesting to kind of see how this is like moving through city planning now and giving back to the city as well as enabling just um, citizens to get around, right? And helping with kind of more of a smart city play. Uh, again, I don't think this is any type of new technology. It's not groundbreaking, but it is useful. I mean, I use, the displays all the time to see if the train's running on time, what time is it arriving? And sometimes it's updated in the app, but sometimes it's not. So being able to have it in multiple places, I think is very beneficial. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that the, the terms of the agreement are, are good and fair for both the city, obviously, and, and the advertising that's running on it. Yeah, I, I think, um, it's a couple things. So, so I think obviously you've been talking on the show for, you know, a year or more now about sort of this rise of, you know, different use cases for digital out of home uh, and real time data, um, you know, being pushed to to screens. Um, and I think this is just one good example of that, that, you know, is, is obviously beneficial to the city and, and to citizens. Um, I think overall, um, we're, we're seeing a, um, you know, a, a trend around sort of real time traffic data, real-time fares and bus schedules and things like that. I know, as I was listening to you, I know in the UK, there's a, a standard that's un underway right now called BODS, um, which is, I gotta, I gotta find out what, the, um, it's bus open data service, I think, something like that. Um, and so they're, they're pushing in, in, in England right now to have like an open, an open data uh, service for all transportation systems. Uh, over there as well. And there are several technology companies that are working to kind of, you know, uh, deliver real time, you know, uh, information as to where buses are and schedules and fares and all that kind of stuff related to that. So I think, you know, A, having access to that data, 
um, and then B, like figuring out ways, whether it's digital out of home or, you know, in mobile apps or, or through advertising or what have you to kind of incorporate that data. I think it, it's all about, you know, saving people time, money, convenience, right? Um, and just making people's lives easier overall. So I'm, uh, I'm always a big proponent for, you know, open data in this way, especially when it's, you know, things like, like this, that we were relying on these services. Um, and I know like even here in Toronto where I am, you know, there's, there's, there's an open data policy around different types of government data, traffic cameras and other kinds of things, uh, as well, um, that, you know, there's, there's a general sort of sense of, you know, it's here, let the technology company come around it and find ways to, to utilize it and, and, uh, citizens to benefit from it. So I, I like stories like this. Alrighty, uh, our final story then for uh, this week is about a startup uh, that uh, is called Mavi, M-A-V-I, it's Mavi.io is their website, and they've launched an app called On My Way, which is uh, all about ordering things from your car. Uh, so it's a new in-car uh, commerce app that you know lets you shop basically from your car dashboard. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting there. So it works by calculating a user's optimal location to order from using factors like uh, your route, your destination, your timing, along with, you know, the store or the restaurants, uh, current real time inventory um, as well. So it's it's again about time and money and convenience uh, for people. Um, they're currently piloting this uh, it, with uh, two uh, chains, one called BurgerFi, which is one word. BurgerFi, and then Anthony's Coal-Fired Pizza and Wings, um, which I believe are both uh, U.S. Uh, players because I've seen a BurgerFi when I've been driving around. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically drivers can use Mavi. They request their connected cars. Uh, you can order, you can pay, uh, you can coordinate, you know, pick up, uh, you know, through this uh, system. Um, you know, so, so I'm on the one hand, I think, as from a service perspective, um, you know, I think ordering things while you're driving and optimizing routes and handling payments, you know, I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, we're all time starved and if we can, you know, stop along the way on our, our drive home to pick something up and have it all ready to go, we just walk in and grab it. That's a good thing. Um, this is not new stuff. Um, you know, I mean, this is a new app, but obviously, you know, years ago on this show, we were talking about, you know, what GM was doing with their OnStar technology uh, and kind of concierge based services like this. Um, you know, we talked about Harman radio, uh, digitally playing around with, with, uh, you know, ordering and payments. We've talked about a lot of, um, of the, uh, you know, the fuel companies, um, you know, uh, starting to get aligned right now around paying for your your gas you know through your car before you you know you um so you don't have to get out and tap or put a card in or do anything else right it's it's all kind of just done and you just fill up and go um so so i think this idea of in-car commerce uh is, is is a big field and it's been you know there for a while um so i guess for me i i look at this and go i like it, it, it it's it's functional it's useful i don't know how much traction they're going to get against, you know, sort of stuff that's sort of native to the vehicle or, you know, part of, you know, what you're doing with Waze or something else, right? What are your thoughts? No, I completely agree. I was thinking about how, you know, 
the seamlessness of anything is so important and, and being able to wrap that into something. So using it in the way that I'm already driving, which is using Waze or Google Maps or Apple Maps or something like that that's navigating me and being able to have that concierge service, I think is very valuable, but having it apart from that, I think is challenging for sure. And get, you know, gaining that adoption, I can see as being you know, really, really hard to come by. Um, but I do think that anything that you could do that's voice, right? That's has voice interaction because yeah. you are driving and not having to touch anything, not having to go through like, hey, yes, I want to order something, but I want to do it by voice because I'm driving and I have my kids in the car and I'm going to be a safe driver and I want it to be ready when I get there. Um, but I don't want to have to go through and do everything by hand. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there, but um, I think that in terms of being able to incorporate it into the ways that we already live our life is, is a great approach rather than um, depending on adoption of an individual app. So completely agree there, but I like some of the, you know, the features and functionality. I could see ways adopting this or picking it up or building it themselves. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's our show for this week. You've been listening and watching episode number 562 of Location Weekly. Thank you, everybody, uh, again, for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, we hope you appreciate it. If you do, reach out to us and give us some likes, some love on whatever podcast platform or social media channel you're using these days. And uh, we'll see you next week for uh, another show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.